With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blanket double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, I hope you're starting off this this episode playing The End by The Doors, just sort of the, <laughs> right. the familiar, whatever that is. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how are you, Brandon? How are you? There is this uh, quote that I love from Deadwood elsewhere, and says, I think I've talked about this in relation to VAR, but I feel like it's again appropriate this week. Elsewhere engine says, everything changes. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And I feel That's like your well, motto. Mine is <laughs> your, yours is everything changes. Don't be afraid. Mine is deserves got nothing to do with it, which yeah. is from Unforgiven. <laughs> Apparently, we only have mantras that are from some sort of dust coated uh, Western. They're motif. real. They're both real dad mantras, too. You know, yeah, really, right, like, right, get right. Get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess what we're going to try to accomplish in this episode of Always Cheating is to find out, uh, should we actually be afraid? of things yeah. changing because yeah. there are some seismic uh, changes yeah. afoot here. Yeah. Who would have thought that a global pandemic would um, end up possibly having less effect on the Premier League than what just happened today? Um, now, granted, they only did this because they were able to sneak away in the dead of night before fans returned. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's a, the pandemic was their um, excuse uh, to do this. And so, you know, so we're... Um, you know, this is just like straight up, you know, thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast. Like, uh, the podcast is not going anywhere. I mean, I, I don't mean to make it sound like we're like ending the podcast right here. Like I, you know, to me, the, the, the thing that immediately comes to mind is college basketball where in the early two thousands, uh, sort of LeBron James led this charge of all of these kind of 18 year olds leaving like, like going straight to the pros. Right. And, and sort of skipping college basketball. And you had, 
you know, what really amounted to a talent drain in college basketball. Um, and so you've lost a kind, there's a certain kind of fan who just wants the like very best product that's out there. Right. Yes. For, for many of us, especially the ones of us who really love the sport, we just, we want, we want, you know, what Sto- we, you want story stories, and, you want yeah, narrative local, arc, you want rooting yeah, interest and exactly. rooting interests are not necessarily, are you a Ronaldo guy or a Messi guy or gal? Yeah. The rooting interests are, you know, who did you grow up watching? Um, who, yeah. who do other members of your family support? Which yeah. club do you genuinely love? Totally. The difference, I suppose, is that in our case, we could still watch Michigan State, even if one of our recruits went straight to the pros. Whereas yeah. if you are a Liverpool fan, you've now lost your club. <laughs> you know, so it is a little a little different there. And so I, you know, but what I was, what I was going to say was, um, you know, this, I, I don't really, there's going to be a little bit of fantasy talk on here, but I am not going to do a podcast on Sunday night after this thing broke and talk about whether Bruno should be dropped or acquired or a couple <laughs> right. of because it just doesn't feel appropriate. We don't even know, like, are there going to be matches tomorrow? Right. And so I, I just, I have to say, this is almost like a time capsule, this podcast, right? Like we were, it's 8 52 PM Eastern time. We're only, you know, an hour or two removed from, from this, this announcement that basically broke the spine of European football. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's sort of, I've cycled through, I was telling you before the podcast, you know, a lot of different thoughts and emotions and, and, you know, sort of a lot of this feeds into you you and I just sort of being kind of anti-capitalist guys to begin with, you know, you, you even more than me, you know, but we're both, you know, but we both have a, you know, we also are both, you know, both of us have jobs in our real lives that are, that are kind of sales and marketing type jobs, right? Sure. We exist within the capitalist sphere. It's how we make our way through the world. But, you know, through, through, through that, we see the, the evils they're in. You you don't have to, you don't have to, you can just be, uh, you know, man on man in the stands, man on the street right now and see the full weight of capitalism uh, toppling, um, yeah. the, the pyramid structure of the league that you love or the, the, totally. the association that you, and I, and I don't want to do a podcast where you and I just, just come out here like a couple of, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders knockoffs and, and just talk about, you know, um, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think it's, I think it's fine that that will be part of the conversation here, but I, you know, I, I really want to talk about what this could look like, you know, like what it looks like for the, for the domestic league, what it look, what, what the super league could look like if we're interested in following it, you know, like yeah. what, like what happens the rest of the season. Like, I think those are all like questions because I'd almost, I almost feel like I'm operating on the assumption that you and me and everyone's in this podcast are all in the hashtag, the game's gone crowd. Right. Yeah. Like, like I, I, there's someone listening who's genuinely excited for the European super league. Like, congratulations. Like you're one of seven people who are not like in the immediate family of the ownership group, you know, as part of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, or, Dwight, or, you know, Dwight Cronkey, who's yeah. listening uh, in Los Angeles, California, who's like, my dad finally did it. <laughs> yeah. But I also just think it would be, um, not interesting. I was, I, you know, again, I, I talk about time capsule here because, you know, things could look different tomorrow. Right. Um, and so I, I just think if you and I went on here and just, just complained for an hour about how much this is going to suck, like that would not be something I would want to listen to. Yeah. So I, I want to be a little more, um, not necessarily even constructive. Like I'm not going to try to put a bright, you know, um, uh, a bright spin on this or whatever, but I, I do think it's, it's worth thinking through what this means for, I mean, you and I have, you know, I mean, this is a, like a company for us, right? Like it's like the fan, you know, like what happens with the Premier League and fantasy is, is pretty important to the podcast that we've yeah. been, you know, doing for several years. And, and obviously for everyone out there listening to fantasy, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, you can't just take six clubs, remove them, assuming that actually happens, you know, take out, you know, a hundred of the, 
you know, whatever best players in the league. Even there's this idea that's been going around that like, Oh, like it'll be, it'll be fine. Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, like if you ever watch like Burnley Brighton, you know, like <laughs> you can't just take all of the most, like the most talented players and remove them and then, and then drop six new teams in and expect it to be equally as compelling. I mean, I, I just don't, I think we should be honest about that. You know, it's a uh, Mario Lamina ain't going anywhere. Josh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just gonna be so weird. And like, what happens? Like, a player's gonna get transferred. You know, it's, it's just so. Uh, anyway, I I I want to actually try to structure this a little bit. So we've got some questions. I thought okay. as we move through those questions, we'll sort of answer some things as we go. So just uh, you know, a quick note. Um, I, I mean, do you even want to talk about your game week? I mean, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't either. Okay. I mean, I could say the one transfer I made was emblematic of my late season malaise. Of <laughs> I dropped Patrick Bamford for mm-hmm. Alexander Lacazette, and he pulled up with a hamstring after doing nothing against Fulham. Two points, and I think the big takeaway for me at this stage of game week thirty-two is between Lacazette now uh, and Cresswell. That saga continuing. Mendy sounding like he's going to be dropped in favor of Keppa. Mm-hmm. I am ninety nine percent playing my wild card heading into game week thirty three. That's just totally. going to have to happen. Yeah, assuming there are matches. Right? Uh, it, it, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want to end up in the same situation I did last season, where I played my wild card going in, going into uh, what ultimately was a three month layoff for the Premier League. Right. So um, yeah, I'm probably going to sit tight and see what kind of announcements happen for sure no wild card until are there friday matches this no there can't be right because i think lester play on thursday well, so the big in- implication i think i'm waiting for is i guess uefa so i mean right. do we did we even kind of say what's going on for anybody is there anyone listening to this who might not be aware of this new european yeah. super league that's, which... that's a good point we were maybe <laughs> a little too in media res here right so yeah. Uh, basically what has happened is it looks like we'll ultimately be, I believe six clubs from, from, uh, the premier league. Correct. Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester city, Liverpool, and Spurs Spurs getting in there because they have a big cool stadium. I guess that's, yeah, I mean, apparently it's, it's just like, you know, so the sixth, the sixth biggest clubs in the premier league. I mean, you know, biggest by, by in terms of, you know, the revenue they bring in or I don't want to start arguing with Everton and Newcastle fans or whatever. I can't, can't go to war with Newcastle fans again, but I just <laughs> you can't tried and you lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but certainly six of the biggest clubs um, leaving uh, and joining up with what will ultimately apparently be 20 clubs next season. That's, that's what, that's what they're saying. Yes. So it's right now it's, I think it's 15 confirmed. Uh, Germany is out. Um, and PSG is out at least for now. Uh, PSG is apparently out because of like close ties between their ownership group. And like, I think the owner is like on the chair of the UEFA champions. Like I don't, you know, I don't even know what the <laughs> right. terminology would be council or something. Right. Yeah, which is, yeah. which is what's really curious to me because apparently, I mean, this, if, if this is big news for premier league fans and club supporters, this is equally big news for people who run, UEFA and the Champions League, just like this huge cash cow across Europe. And this new league starting would be a direct competitor seeking to immediately squash the Champions League. So immediately squashes the Champions League. But but the fact that it would be 10 teams and if they played it out like you would do it a Premier League season, that is 18 fixtures. Right. So you that is that is triple the number of fixtures that you would have in a um you know, that you would have in a Champions League um, group stage, right? 
Um, so 18 fixtures. Uh, and so even if they're, even if they cap the domestic leagues and then they have quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. So, you know, they're, they're now like, they have said that they're planning to play these at midweek and, uh, that they will, uh, continue to play in their domestic leagues. Now that remains to be seen, right? Because, um, the stated, you know, the, what the Premier League has stated is that they will, um, uh, you know, boot any team that yeah. decides to do this breakaway league. In reality, they have pretty significant. I mean, in the reality, the Premier League was created to generate as much money as possible, too, That's right? And what they, they've excelled at recently yeah, exactly. over the last twenty-five years. Yeah. Totally. And no offense to any of the like six championship clubs <laughs> that would get called up, you know, to uh, to, <laughs> to replace these clubs. Uh, but it's pretty important to the Premier League. I'm quite certain to keep all of these top clubs. So I think they will stay. Now, you know, whether like they, I mean, you know, clearly there's like a declaration of war here, right? The, you know, Man City will never play in the League Cup again, right? That's just a given. The FA Cup is probably over too, I would think. Um, you know, and so the Premier League is like the one thing that might still survive this, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a huge bummer. Like I'm super bummed out by it. And I, I don't know anyone who isn't. I have yet to see anyone who's really a, a fan of this. And as an American, I think it's even worse because these matches are all going to get played on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which means we'll never be able to watch them anyway, right? Like yeah. I will disabuse anyone right now of the notion that this is done with an American audience in mind. It may be done with an Asian audience in mind, right? Yeah. China, um, Southeast Asia, lots of... Um, major populations, huge soccer fans there, uh, you know, here, here, whatever, football, soccer, uh, you know, fan base. Uh, and this could really be with them in mind. As an American, this basically means I will, won't be able to watch these matches, right? Because I, 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 I don't know about you, but Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I have a meeting every week, like Tuesdays and, <laughs> Tuesdays and Wednesdays at like the two thirty, three 3 o'clock time. So it would be, it's kind of the, it would be the end of, of the kind of, I mean, the Champions League, I mean, I, maybe you dis- differ from me on this, but the Champions League, in my opinion, is basically irrelevant in the United States. And it's it's irrelevant because it's on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe by the time you get to the semifinal rounds, it's compelling. But I almost never watch Champions League matches because I can't. Well, it's less the can you watch it at 3 p.m. Like some people in the States can watch it. But the the factor for me is what is around all of the watching. It is not an event. If there is a big Champions League fixture happening Tuesday for us at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, it's not like a, hey, we're all going to go to the local bar and watch it together. Right. It's not an event. It's only something that you're watching surreptitiously on your yeah. phone at your desk while you're trying to work. Yep. Or even if you don't have that kind of commitment, no one's going to come watch it with you. So it ceases to be something yeah, like not meaningful. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, I will say yeah, that you can say the Champions League is irrelevant and us being s- so entrenched in the Premier League, it's hard. You know, we have to we can't just we can't be totally involved in the Premier League and the Champions League at this at the same level of investment. Whenever I do watch a Champions League match, particularly now that we're in the knockout stages, guaranteed you're going to see a f- far better match than you would yeah. uh, watching. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm not saying that that is is an argument that one right. would make in favor of the Super League. But you do have to say say yeah. that um, if you're if you're packaging this European football as a product to go anywhere, right. there is no doubt they will get better football matches as a result of the Super League. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, you know, um, I mean, we can debate that. I'm totally happy to debate no, that. And I think we should get into some questions uh, in a second here. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think the, um, yeah, I think there's a kind of argument that's being advanced right now by, it's almost like people are, I think it's fair to say this, like people are still talking about this, like it's a negotiating tactic. And, and based on what I'm seeing, it's not like this is done. And um, whether the, you know, the, the leaving the Premier League or not, I don't know about, but it sounds like the Super League is going to happen. There's just too much money involved, right? Yeah. Just too much money. That's, I think JP Morgan is promising like $3 billion, right? Like, you, you know, you just throw hundreds of millions of dollars at all of these clubs. And during a pandemic, when yeah. they haven't had gate receipts for a year and change, like, yeah. they're all going to jump at it, you know? And I, and I don't, I mean, I, I don't want to say that I don't blame them because I do blame them and I hate them for doing this. And I hate the way that sports has, um, just morphed into something that I, I find um, it's almost embarrassing to me sometimes to be a sports fan still. I mean, just the way it's, you know, it's so gross. I mean, it's just so gross, you know, and there's so much money. And, you know, I was joking earlier on, on Twitter that I, I almost wish I could like, you know, like my family could capture me and like, like, like clean me, you know, like, like when you join a cult, you know, and they have to like stick you <laughs> yeah. in the back of a car and yeah. like take you away. And, and it's, it's like, I want to like, I love sports, but I also feel like I'm like, I want out sometimes, you know, and yeah. this is one of those moments where I'm just like, I can't, you know, I'm part of what I've always said about fantasy, you know, I've, I've often said it, I've said it on this podcast is that one of the things I like about fantasy is that you get to create your own game, right? You don't, you're not totally at the, no, granted we play the game in the Premier League site and all that stuff, but you get to, you know, talk. Among, you know, it's like you kind of get to create your own mini experience, you know, within the game itself. There's a little bit of ownership that you get to have. Yeah, if, you you've, have, if you've got somebody in your mini league who's good with Excel and, and wants to take the time, you can craft the point structure and the game that the Premier League lays out into any yep. kind of combination. You create a community with your friends or with a podcast yep. or something like that. Yeah, you can own it for sure. Yeah. I believe that. And that's one thing that's it sort of revives sports for me a little bit, having that, you know, that kind of personal connection. We've obviously made friends. You know, I was talking about this this weekend, you know, like it's just like, you know, that it's, it's you know, the so I don't want to sound completely anti-sports because there's there's parts of it that are great. But it's just these these there's so much money in it now that it brings a a bad element, you know, and I, I kind of am annoyed by the way it's like now it's like it's not like the Americans have done this. Like this is first of all, it's like everyone like we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like the, you know, the Juve president and Florentino, I mean, there's a lot of people who've been advocating for this for a long time. Like, yeah, yeah. the American owners didn't help, but this was probably an inevitability no matter who 
took over these clubs, assuming that it would be the yeah. same billionaires, you know, you replace one billionaire from one country with one billionaire from another, it's going to be the same situation. And yeah, I mean, America's got a lot of money, so it's not surprising that these guys came from over there. But mm-hmm. um, so anyway, let's let's just, you know, let's take a quick break and try to answer a few questions, think through some things. Um, I did want to give a quick shout out to our newest Pookie patron, James Parham. Uh, thank you, James, for uh, supporting the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, uh, and I, I suppose after Thursday's match, if, if it all happens, uh, we'll do a Patreon pod. That's a proper game week 33 preview. Uh, so if you want to support the pod, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to do that. Um, anything else you want to say, Brendan, before I take a break, you triple captain Harry Kane, Josh, it was a joy being at the, uh, newly reopened yeah. black horse to watch you that's celebrate great. a couple of goals. So, so that's a little bit of good news to lead us yep. into the next segment of the podcast. Yeah. Jesse Lingard luck boxed his way into a into a goal. That was a beauty too. Like it's, it's just incredible. you know, XG means nothing to this lad. Beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, let's take a break and uh, we'll get right back. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas. And BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash cheating. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com dot com slash cheating all right brian we're back that was a little uh all over the place you and i didn't actually really get into it we wanted to save our thoughts for the pod now now that we started talking i was like man i'm just like all over the place uh with this stuff um so let's answer some questions maybe that'll give us a little bit of structure here as we go so uh first question is from bryn stewart and he says are you signing up slash paying to watch the new league (laughs) uh well we were talking about the champions league at the start of the podcast and I won't even uh, give CBS, the broadcasting company here in the States that holds the rights to the Champions League. They want me to create yet another login and all this crap just to uh, watch the Champions League while I'm meant to be working. So I will not do that. Yeah. Will I pay to watch the Super League? At this point, absolutely not. And what I'm hoping is I have the opportunity to pay for the Premier League at all because... 
what, and I think you were hinting at this on the always cheating Twitter feed is what I'm terrified of is what, what are the broadcasting, what are the international broadcast implications of this super league, not on the super league itself, but other leagues right Right. now, it's very easy for us to pay NBC broadcasting here in the States. And I can watch every single premier league match. Right. Will we have that opportunity if suddenly the Super League, you know, pumping millions and millions of dollars, as you said, into the machine to try and get the most viewers possible? Are they going to try to undercut the Premier League's access to various viewers? And um, that that's what scares me. It's less, will I pay for it? It's like, will I be able to pay for other leagues? And, you know, Fulham will be in the championship next season. Uh, ESPN plus here in the States does a relatively decent job covering the championship. Yeah. Will I be able to access those matches and so on and so forth? I don't know if you can watch like truck racing on TV, then I'm sure you <laughs> world's watch, strongest man competition. Yeah, I'm sure you'll able to watch the premier league. I mean, I, 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 I don't think that's going to be the issue. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. There, I feel like there's a, things are pretty raw right now. You know, I mean, we're, we're all been completely blindsided by this, right? And this apparently happened because of some, the UEFA reformatted announcements that were scheduled for tomorrow. And that sounds like that, that really wasn't going to work either. I mean, uh, you know, Ken Rooney very much destroyed it as a concept. He and he and um, uh, Jonathan Wilson talked about it on a second captain's podcast. Ken, er, oh. Ken early, not our friend, Ken Rooney, who writes ah, for the right. Irish I like examiner. Though like Ken, though yeah, Ken Rooney is the man, no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, I think, um, yeah, uh, so that's that's why this happened. And clearly, well, it's actually interesting because in some ways it sounds like this has been negotiating for a long time. And then you saw the graphics, and you were like, "Wow, they whipped those up like in an hour, right?" It was yes. like it was so it was such not impressive. Garbage. Yeah, and you're we like, "Wow, like they really did. They really were on the fence about whether they were going to do this, weren't they? You know, yeah. if, they, if this was an absolute positive, like definitely going to happen." I really feel like they would have started working on some of these graphics before today. <laughs> um, you know, and so it was just a very like. I don't know what happened or they didn't hear what they wanted to hear or something, you know? And so it does seem yeah. like it, it, uh, the thrust of it is, is aggressive enough where like somebody slighted somebody or somebody was yeah. like, you know what? We're just going to do this now. Totally. Yeah. I, I get that. I mean, with, yeah. with billions on the line, you know, that's probably not the case. Like they were probably pretty close, but, um, to not have a graphics package, their website is, um, is something like that an intern page. Yeah. yeah you for, can precisely, in 30 minutes. Precisely. Yeah. It's just weird, you know? And so, um, yeah, I mean, maybe they didn't want it to leak, you know, or something, but, um, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, there's a kind of argument that people are making, like, I will never pay for this. I'm done. And, you know, my, my feeling is like, don't say things you're going to regret and have to like retract or quietly delete, you know, three months later. I mean, um, yeah, I probably will pay for this. I mean, if there's a, I mean, I don't know. I'm a sports fan, you know, and, and in some ways, um, because I really grew to hate Stan Kroenke, right. Really grew to kind of loathe him over the last 10 years as it became so clear that he doesn't care about Arsenal ever winning the premier league. It is like the goal is literally to spend as little money as possible to give the veneer of caring. Um, you know, and so I, I, I really don't feel like I have a club, you know, the way that some people do. And so, for me, it's a little easier for me to be like, yeah, I'll go watch some of these matches, right? Because it's, it's a like, 
just because I'm a sports fan, you know, and I'll want to see some of this, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be like, yeah, I'm like totally gung ho about it. But I also think like me saying that in the podcast, it's like, there's a kind of argument, like, I don't want to like speak it into, into reality. Like if I keep arguing that I'll never watch it, then someone's going to be listening to this and they're going to abandon the idea, you know, yeah. because Josh Lannon doesn't want um, <laughs> to, to you know, do this. But I think if I'm being completely honest, I, um, yeah, I probably would pay for it. And, um, and I would, you know, um, I don't why know. would I mean, you, why would you pay for it? Just to, I mean, like, just to know, watch I don't it. Know, like, yeah, to watch. Yeah. I mean, to watch, you know, man, what, what is it? Why play a couple times a year? Like, okay. That but you're, I mean, okay. I want to talk through this. Yeah. I want to, I want to coax this out of you. Why yeah. would you do but like, this? Are we, it, are we, are we going to pretend that watching like the best clubs in the world play each other is like not going to be entertaining. Like the players are still going to be there. Like the great players are still going to be playing. Like, I don't know what, like, why would that not be good? I, I, you know, I, yeah, like no, no. I, I, yeah. I, I was making that argument at the start of the podcast. Like, to, tune into any Champions League knockout stage. Right. You're going to see a game that's twice as compelling as whatever you watched in, in the Premier League. Um, though it does, it, the, and that's what I'm interested in is why the Super League, why the Champions League, why the Premier League. Right. If you say you have basically a passing interest in the Champions League, and yes, maybe it's just because of the time of day it's on then why are you suddenly going to be interested in watching yeah. Barcelona? And, and and that's a leading question. What I want to ask you is why the Premier League? What is it that you like about the Premier League specifically? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I okay, I do like, I mean, I, I love, I mean, honestly, like it's been missing this year, right? I mean, I miss the passion of the fans. I miss, I miss the the rivalries, but, but I mean, like they're, the, I mean, what makes this so horrible is that, okay, I mean, you're right because, there's sort of two ways to look at it. I mean, one is like, it's almost like I'll be more interested if they, if they properly actually do leave the premier league, right. If these six clubs leave the premier league, then like, I, I just don't know if I'm going to enjoy the premier league as much with Leicester or Aston Villa. Like, you know, I mean, it's like with those clubs, like vying for the championship, like I, I could see if, if you're, if you, if you're English, like this could be great, right? Like you've got, like all of these other clubs and, and a lot of people have two clubs that they support, right? The kind of the big club and the, you know, and the, and their kind of local club or whatever. Some people so, do. Yeah. Some people do not everybody. Right. And there's a lot of genuinely massive proper man United fans out there. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't really know how they're feeling right now. I mean, there's I, also a lot of Swindon fans who could care less about Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. And based on how many other fans are feeling and Man City fans and Arsenal and Spurs and like, no one wants this. Like it is almost universally, condemned right and so i'm just saying as as an outsider you know so i guess if arsenal and if all these clubs stay in the premier league and then it is just like a straight up champions league replacement then yes i probably will will have basically the same interest that i have in the champions league which is a kind of passing interest you know yeah but it is it will be a little different i mean you know like you know because like as people have i have pointed out i mean and one of the reasons why the a super league became a kind of inevitability was I mean, the Champions League became kind of uh, unwatchable at a certain point, right? Because you have all of these, um, the money just got sucked higher and higher into like just a few clubs, right? So you would have a Champions League group stage where, you know, Man City or whoever would be the only club that could conceivably win their group, right? Like you just were never going to get a like, you know, um, a Belgium club or something like when the group stage, like the way you could 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And so, yeah. you know, it's sort of like, it just felt sort of inevitable that they would finish at worst second in that group. And so, 
I, I just thought those matches in general felt a little less compelling. But you know, if the if they're always playing a bit, but that's I mean, I don't know. But like, I'm sorry. And again, I'm like, I'm really sort of thinking my thoughts through here. But I mean, the problem is like in your head, AC Milan, for example, is like a big club, you know. But I mean, they're just like a famous club with a lot of money, right? Like, I mean, do I actually? Well, they were great. Really, at, yeah, they were great yeah. in the eighty. Like it. In the 90s th- and, this yeah. is like the Super League benefits the Italian Serie A clubs so much more than um, any other because they used to have their pick of talent and they used to dominate every competition and now they're kind of nowhere. So, and, and I remember uh, going to a a conference where we saw somebody from an owner from the MLS speak. And this was uh, probably like 15 years into the MLS being a thing. And, they were talking, somebody in the audience asked the question about, well, when will MLS bring promotion and relegation into the system? And the owner says, that's a fantasy. Like if you went to any pyramid scheme association in Europe and gave those owners the opportunity to get out of that to where you could lock in your position in the highest possible league, if you could move to a franchise model, they would 100% do it for all the reasons that we've mentioned. It's like, it's, maximize it, it's securing your investment and then maximizing your your profit yeah. so the super league like the the idea that the super league is just trying to replace the champions league is a joke like they're yeah. clearly trying well, to create um a, a professional association league totally. where these owners are locked in and that's the word that's the word they're using to make it palatable right like yeah, yeah clearly i totally agree you know, I think um, you know, it actually gets to the next question, which is from Chaz. He says, do you think U.S. ownership in the model used for sports teams in the U.S. sports is viable in European football? And I, I think that that question is, is predicated, uh, you know, the thing that we have here is we have a, a a sort of secret socialist redistribution of wealth and talent that takes place in our American clubs, right, because of our because of the uh, college system. And then even in places like hockey, you just have a, a draft system, right? Yeah. So um, in some cases, it, you actually they used to be able to do this even more, but they sort of, they, they constantly close these loopholes where like you know, for a while the Yankees were able to go to Japan or Cuba and just buy um, a player. And they've been kind of fixed that a little bit too. So, you know, basically um, when you're bad, you always have a draft that year. And if you're really bad, then you're going to have, the pick of one of the top players and you know it's it's so it's a very different model um there's also a salary yeah. cap uh, in salary the nba cap, which is yep. is a little it's it's yeah, they all more, have it's, caps the caps are luxury taxes you know one thing or the other yeah and all the major sports right and and i think that the salary cap in the nba as much as i know about it is a little more compelling than financial fair play like you can only spend the money that you bring in and that sort of crap which you can easily imagine a story as an accountant for Manchester city to sort of do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, All that said, I think what is compelling about European, the European associations versus the model here in the States is how smaller clubs, smaller leagues still are able to, I mean, I think that they're, they're sort of slowly dying away, which is, sad but they're still there and there is an a there is an environment in which they could in theory thrive and you don't have that here in the states there is i mean yeah. i guess there's minor league baseball which is a good day out is does minor league baseball only really exist in the states because it occurs outside 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the farm system was an invention in the in the twenties. Uh, it was uh, Branch Rickey invented the farm system, and he was with the uh, um, St. Louis Cardinals, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a it's just a strange. Uh, it, it, to me, it really doesn't feel like an American. It, it only feels American style because they have because there's no promotion relegation, right? That's the only um, comparison I think. It really it doesn't feel to me like an American sports league. Does it to you? I mean, really. The Super League? The Super League, yeah. Like, I, I don't really see it as comparable. I mean, other than, I don't even know what would be comparable about it. Like, it's the fact that it's... It's, like, the, I mean, it's, it's the fact that it's franchised and that right, uh, there right. is no consequence for AC Milan or for Manchester yeah. City, for that yeah. matter, to right. be a horrible team. And yeah. if somebody in a team, let's take Leicester, for example, wanted to... Right put a ton of investment into their club, they could yeah. never, I mean, I guess they could take one of these five rotating spots in the super league, but right. it would take a miracle for them to become some sort of like founding member member. Yeah. So that, that that's crap. And what yeah. you've seen in major league baseball or like all the American leagues, there's always a franchise that brings the entire league down, like the Montreal Expos or the Charlotte Hornets or, yeah. Yeah. um, uh, the Cleveland Browns and there are fans that love these teams and they love them a yeah. lot, but yeah. they, they're, they're just sucking up energy that could be taken up by, um, more, uh, interested fan bases and interested clubs. You know, all the narrative around Mike Ashley about like Mike Ashley is the most cynical owner in the entire premier league. Right. Why can't we just extinguish this guy? Well, yeah. if Mike Ashley was in charge of a club in the super league, He's never going anywhere. There's no way you can get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Kroenke is pretty up there in the, in the cynicism category as well. Um, yeah, I mean, those clubs are never really going to get relegated, you know, in general. Um, but I think it's it's the aspirational part. I mean, I just feel like these 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 people, these 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 these, you know, um, m- many of these owners. And I think this is where the anti-American thing comes in because I think there's an assumption that that we just don't care about the history of the premier league. And, and maybe that is true for some, some managers, although, I mean, it seems like Agnelli, I mean, he's Juve chairman. I mean, that guy that was all about, uh, Juve's history in the, in the, you know, in Syria. So, I mean, yeah, it just feels like, and to me, it reminds me a little bit of the, uh, is it the UEFA champions cup or is that what they call it? That thing where they decided to turn friendlies into a meaningful competition. Oh, you know? the nation's league, the nation's league. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, just complete like, it's just like you know, if you create a, a brand new league out of whole cloth, you know, and you, you there's no tradition, and so winning it will will feel very meaningless. I feel like, and you know, and just and like, I mean, like Liverpool, like are they just they're never going to play a Merseyside derby again? Like they're never going to play Everton again? Like well, that's so depressing. They'll, they'll you know? play it in the summer as an exhibition match, as an exhibition, so that you, you know. know. Yeah, with five subs, they'll like it'd be no no passion. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I honestly, again, I don't think that the Premier League clubs will actually ultimately leave the Premier League. It's it's a grim thing to think about. Um, but I, I just can't see that happening, you know. But I I do like, yeah. I mean, it's just a bummer because it doesn't feel. It feels like you know you can't really walk this back now. I mean, just winning the Premier League will never feel as important, right? Um, and Is I'm a not, best case scenario. So yeah. the thing that I find very, found very interesting this past season or recent seasons is the narrative of how many matches these players are expected to play, especially yeah. uh, like the Bruno Fernandezes of the world where their team doesn't work unless they're playing and they're playing in so many competitions, European ones included. 
if the Super League, here's to the best case scenario for me. The Super League totally replaces the Champions League. There are only 20 teams. They don't have to play this elongated group stage and all that. And they just make it some sort of really, um, this is this will never happen because they want as many broadcasts as possible. But um, if it was just like a March Madness of elite franchises yeah whatever fine that would be cool and then maybe these players would get away with playing far fewer matches and that would benefit everyone because then when they show up to play yeah. burnley they'd yeah. actually put on a great show for us yeah i mean i hope so i hope that's what happens and I, i'm also curious how they'll split the two leagues up like do you i i wonder if as a nod to your f- furious fans if you put all of the European, all the English clubs in one. Um, I mean, for one thing, it's going to kind of suck, right? Like, if you if you want to watch, um, man, you know, Man United, man, you know, like if you want to watch the Manchester Derby, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, like I don't know, like it feels like, I mean, how many you know fans are just going to be like just chomping at the bit, like, and you know, Liverpool fans to like go, you know, down to you know Madrid to watch them play at Atleti, you know, on a Wednesday night or whatever. It just doesn't feel like. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like, do you want to, like, drive two hours to see them play in Newcastle? Or do you want to buy expensive tickets, hop in a plane on a Wednesday night, you know, go back to work the next day? Like, it's just like, you know, and so I think they're going to have to, like, make these kind of regional. Imagine this, a stadium filled entirely with carpet bagging podcasters um, who want to brag about how they got Mm -hmm. tickets to these matches. Basically, just me and Josh. Filling these stadiums in Madrid. It's a thought. It's a thought. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next question here. Um, American. Okay. Yeah. Well, here we go. American FPL says, uh, what do fans of these clubs do now? It's a great question because I think it's a really, I think any option is acceptable. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Any option is acceptable. And if I start the podcast by saying everything changes, don't be afraid, uh, you have to sort of take that to its end point, which it never ends. Things right. will constantly be changing. Right. And um, I was talking with my niece a couple of days ago about she's the Super at, League, about the Super League and potential of the breakaway. Yeah, Super it's League. like, yeah. would you pay for this? And you know who. Um, what, what do you think the implications are? But she she was trying to pick her major at college, and. I was giving her the, you know, that the age old advice of, you know, maybe, maybe you make a wrong decision. You can always change your mind. Yep. So if the Super League comes to pass and you're a Liverpool fan, hypothetically speaking, who's to say that the Super League doesn't, for whatever reason, just burn out and fade away in a decade? And this is why uh, it's great. Like, if as a Fulham, as a Fulham supporter, Fulham are your yo yo club. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you can't have the joy of them getting promotion to the Premier League if you don't have the agony of them getting relegated. So, you know, this is why you stick with a club through thick and thin is to just go on that journey. So this Liverpool yeah. hypothetical Liverpool fan, you have to stick with Liverpool. You have to yeah. see what happens. And yeah. you're you have to have at least okay, so the one of the great stories I think you'd agree, Josh. Uh, you know, was uh, in our in our lifetime. If you're looking at English football, is AFC Wimbledon, and how those supporters said, "MK Dons, that ain't that ain't it. That ain't us. We're going to start our own trust, and we're going to refound our club, and we're going to run it." Yeah. 
And I think that you, you get into these bigger clubs and the, the horror of it all is the lack of control the supporters have when yeah. these oil, oil oligarchs come in and take totally. over. Totally. But you can't just give up. So you, you have to believe you have some power as a supporter, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have your, um, you know, it's like a, uh, what's that, <laughs> a handmaiden's tale. You know, you're still like a sissy fist or something. You're still, you're still in control of how you feel about the situation, right? That's mm-hmm. what that's what Camus would 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 tell you to do, right? So I, I don't want to get too, um, I don't want to get too dramatic about this. I mean, once you start referencing the myth of sissy fist, I guess maybe you've gone so far that there's no coming back. But you know, I feel like, um, listen, like for one thing there's nothing wrong with changing your opinion later. Like, 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 I mean, it's like, I mean, it's exactly what you're, what you just said about your, 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 um, your niece. And, you know, it's like, I think it's totally fine to be like, I hate this. Uh, I don't want this. I am not uh, a fan of this. I think it's gross. I think it's cynical. I think it's horrible. And I'm done with sports. Right? Yeah. We've all, we've all pretended to be done with sports before. <laughs> we've all no done it. sports yeah. quits. You, you do not yeah. quit no, sports. Exactly. I would need, I really would. I would need to get, um, uh, like a frontal lombotomy to actually be done with sports. <laughs> yeah. Something serious would have to happen. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, it's just true. I mean, you got to know yourself, right? So then that's like, honestly why I was like, yeah, I'll probably end up subscribing to something like this because I know myself, right? I know that yeah. that's what I would ultimately do, um, most likely, you know, but, but really, guy, what? Um, yeah. I'm just like, saying there are other options out there. You could you could just become, you could just, just keep doing Premier League, go to the championship, whatever. The possibilities are limitless. Yeah, totally. I just never gotten into the championship, you know, and I, I worry about the Premier League turning into like the championship sort of, you know, like a kind of second, second tier. Comp- I, I don't know. I hope it doesn't. I mean, I, I really hope that the clubs stay in there and um, I think it'll be great no matter what. I mean, again, I think, I think the college basketball analogy is really what keeps coming to mind here because the Premier League itself will still, and it's also going to be so much fun next season, right? Like how much fun will it be? I mean, what, you know, the, like with, with all these fans back in the stands again, I mean, I was already looking forward to game weeks 37 and 38, right. When, yeah. when they're going to have fans back. And so they're going to um, be gagging for it, Josh. I know. Although now what happens? Are there going to be fan protests? Like, are they still going to, you know, it's like the bed fan- sheet, the bed sheet signs are going to be on the, yeah. on, on the yeah. next level, Josh. Yeah. They're going to come out just to boo their, uh, their ownership <laughs> groups. Right. So this is what should have been a joyous moment. Now it's going to turn into some like really grim spectacle as they, you know, can go there to, 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 you know, um, gnash their teeth or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think anything's on the table and what I guess what I was saying was, you know, if you, uh, decide that you're done with sports, you hate this, you're done, whatever, you know, and you change your mind six months later, like no one's going to like go back and find your old tweets about this or, you know, like no family <laughs> member is going to remind you about what you said. Like, it's fine. Like feel how you feel right now. If you change your mind later, like no one is, paying attention to the narrative of your opinions, you know, <laughs> like it's fine to, to yeah. walk it back a little bit. And I, I, I just with one final note here. I mean, I, I think it like the, the horror of today has, has maybe, um, you know, like has drawn attention away from, from really like some very real problems with, with how the, like how these leagues are shaping up. Right. I mean, it's not great that, that, you know, you only have a couple of clubs that could ever win the premier league. Right. Like, I, you know, that's just not in some ways. I know that was always true. And I know many under one, like 13 out of 20 Premier League titles or whatever. But it would be nice if like more than three clubs could ever win the Premier League. Like that would be kind of ideal. Right. If you didn't go into a season knowing that the, the league was probably gonna be over by March. You know, I know that 
isn't always true. And a couple of years ago, Liverpool and Man City had a great race and Leicester, you know, Leicester, you know, and, and, and obviously Man, Man United, Man City, um, 10 years before a lot of Man City heavily involved in a lot of, a lot of these stories, you know, but there, so it's like, there are like, there is like a way that this could be great, you know, like maybe, and even if part of it means that it's like, you get the, I mean, you you talked about this earlier too. And so I'm sorry to kind of repeat it again, but like, if, you know, if it means that like Man City are sort of pulled a little bit and kind of split into these two different, like the Super League and the Premier League, maybe that does just even things out a little bit. Like yeah. maybe, you know, maybe it, 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 it just shifts some of the resources a little bit in both directions and means that they're not quite as dominant in the Premier League. And maybe that does open the door for some other clubs to, to win the league. And, and maybe yeah. that's just what has to happen, right? Because the alternative yeah. is, is what, that they're just always going to have a hundred times more money than the team that's in third yeah, place it, or whatever. To go back to the economics thing writ large, the wealth gap, uh, which keeps increasing. And what, yeah. what ultimately do we have to do around yeah. the Western world to settle the, the wealth gap? Well, either you just give a shitload of money to everybody else, or you just euthanize yeah. the top 1%. Totally. And so maybe the Super League, we're just cutting off that yeah, tumor. We're not going to get universal basic income in the Premier League, unfortunately. <laughs> no. um, all right. So um, Nibir Unlimited says, I know it's too early to know what's going to happen with the Premier League and the Champions League, but I would want to know what you guys think about the European Super League and what impact it's going to have on the Premier League. I, I honestly think we probably covered that one already. So I'm, actually, I'm just going to move right to the, right to the next one. Um Ralph says, can you play devil's advocate? Let's say all clubs remained in their domestic leagues and discuss what the viewing content would be like for those midweek fixtures. No more Mityard and Ludogratz games. <laughs> so this goes back to the Champions League thing that I was talking about, which is, yeah. you know, I mean, if every time on Tuesday and Wednesday you have one of the biggest clubs in the world playing another one of the biggest clubs in the world, like that will be more interesting. I mean, the ch- I, I've said before, it, it is difficult for me to watch these Champions League games. But you know, okay, the problem too is that the way they the the the, the um, I really think they made a mistake ultimately drawing these Champions League ups with these these groups with like all of these kind of like tiered ranking systems. So you basically never got to see Real Madrid, Man City play in like a group stage match, right? And so it was always Man City and then three teams that could never like win the group stage, you know, that they played. Um, and so, I mean, you know, so you, you really didn't get a lot of those moments in the fall or whatever, where you'd see sure. two teams playing each other. And so that, I mean, you know, I think if it were 20 years ago as a sports fan, it'd almost be easier to be like, all right, I'm going to put the tape in the VCR and I'm going to watch this when I get home. I mean, you know, <laughs> as an American, it's still going to be hard for me because, I, I just, it's just like, unless I just go on complete lockdown, it's almost impossible for me to go an entire day without finding out the result of a match. Even when I tell myself I'm going to do it, yeah. I don't do it. Um, and so, um, you know, maybe there'll be some match of the day style thing that they'll do in the U S um, you know, where you can digest, uh, what happened that week, you know, um, for an hour on Tuesday and Wednesday evenings or whatever that, that might be compelling. But, uh, I think if you're in Europe, then um, I do think it'll be more entertaining, certainly. There was a period of time where I feel like 
it, it was when like Barcelona and Real Madrid, the the Pep Jose era, and and yeah. a few years after that, yeah. it seemed like every week they were playing each other. Well, there was the Copa del Rey, the league, or, totally. or who knows what. Yeah, yeah. and nine El Clasicos a, a year. So yeah. the El Clasico is an example of like too much of a good thing will just make you sick. And you do that. You play out the super league with the same 15 teams and then five randos. It's going to get pretty stale uh, in a couple of years is my, if if you're not an actual supporter of one of these teams, I feel like it's going to get, it's not going to get like, they will still have the elite talent. The matches will still be great, but the narrative will sort of drift away. Like Lakers, um, Lakers warriors. I mean, do, do we hear about that? Like I, I, I kind of like if something happens to, in the NBA, maybe I'll hear about it, but I never hear about that. Cause it happens all the time. It is what it is. If you want to check in, you want to check in. So I do think that people's eyes could glaze over with yeah. too much of a good thing here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does feel like it's like a little too much, like, like too much, too many sweets. Right. Not enough. I, I don't know. I, uh, you know, well, or like, or counterpoint. Speaking of sweets, we were actually talking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory this weekend, Josh, and the the yeah. immortal line of uh, "What happened to the boy who got everything he ever wanted?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. He so lived they, happily oh, ever after. Just the idea of the, I mean, the idea of Stan Kroenke, you know, being happy um, as a result of this is just. Uh, well, well, it's the opposite of putting a smile on my face. It, it, it yeah. puts a frown on my face. Is it the opposite? Is, is, is a frown the opposite of a smile? I guess it is, right? Yes, little, uh, yeah, almost that. literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm in a weird place here, Brandon. I'm just I'm cycling through a lot of. Uh, I, I don't even know smiles from frowns anymore. Some real yeah. Joker energy coming from you right now. <laughs> um. So a. Couple more questions here. FPL Jamo says, "A European Super League version of FPL. Would you be interested?" Okay, so here we answer this question. Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch to. Um, I don't know if this is a pitch to anybody. Um, I guess it's my pitch to the Premier League if they're trying to save themselves. They need to push hard on fantasy because. I grew to uh, truly love the Premier League as a league, as a product, and then get into the championship because of the fantasy game. And what the fantasy game brought out in me, and I think it brings out in most hardcore fantasy managers, is then a more than a passing interest, but a true investment in all of the teams. Right. And and I think what that's what what makes me so discouraged about the idea of the super league is through playing fantasy in the premier league, I've grown to love the, the narrative and the dynamic and what you come yeah. to get out of teams like crystal palace and Burnley no, and Brighton Norwich getting promoted this weekend. Right. It's yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, even just beyond the promotion relegation of it all, it is the, the true interest in all of the teams in the division. And yeah, the idea of the super league is you already have an interest in all of these teams, but I like the idea of, um, I don't know. It's, it's very Tolkien esque, like the premier league and England's, uh, football association. Like it offers this rich fan culture and history that I, 
I think that we both find very interesting. You can see that written all over the, the supporters faces when they're, they're in the stands. And, um, I've totally like forgotten no, where I'm I mean, going I, with this. I know, I know you mean, I mean like, it's, yeah, it's just like, it's Oh, so, not, so fantasy, yeah, fantasy, yeah, right? Yeah. So will I play super league fantasy? Uh, no, because I've played world cup fantasy and that's stupid yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like, Ooh, I get, I get tickled the first week I can yeah. put Lionel Messi. Remember in what a fantasy- I said about not saying things you regret, Brandon, three months later. Oh wait, I said that that's actually fine. You can take it back. So <laughs> Oh yeah, I could totally take it back. If 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 for whatever reason always cheating has to morph into uh We already have a super league, Brandon. The always cheating super league. We were here first. I yep. feel like we our our legal team needs to file papers immediately against um all these folks. But the uh the fantasy game I think is gonna be integral to either the well, either plus both. Either the success of the Super League with a lot of uh new fans or the Premier League's uh, sustaining a fan base is just leading into that fantasy game to get everyone interested yep. in, like, um, Steven Sessegnon, a Sunderland player when we, f- our first season playing fantasy. I would never even know this guy existed yeah. uh, if I wasn't yeah. playing fantasy. And But those are the players I remember. I'm not going to remember when, you know, I had to, um, have my arm twisted to get Gerard Piquet into my fantasy team. That's not something fun that I will remember. I will yeah. remember Steven Sessegnon. So that's kind of what I'm pitching here. Well, yeah. I mean, when you put it that way, I don't know. Maybe Piquet's. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, that's <laughs> a bulletproof <laughs> argument. I know that. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, who knows? I, I guess the answer is who knows? We just learned about this today. I, we can't be making proclamations about, about what our approach would be. I mean, you know, we, um, um yeah so let's see uh i i don't, I don't know i mean it's a it, classic it, always cheating fantasy advice response it depends it depends yeah it depends um it uh wouldn't be easy you know um to do because um i don't know how fun it would be to to do a you know a fantasy game where i couldn't watch the matches right because they're all going to be you know when i'm in the middle of a meeting yeah um again if there's a viable like um you know evening highlight show or something that might um change my opinion a little bit uh but i i just have like i've really struggled to record a match and then watch it two hours later and like not fast forward through any part that's remotely boring you know it's like that ball's in the midfield i'm fast forwarded you know <laughs> i just like it's like I, I become like it like brings out i don't I have no problem with it during a two-hour match but somehow when i'm recording it's, it's like it's I, like me watching the yesterday the hit movie yesterday on an airplane there's no way i'm not fast forwarding through some bits of that movie. yeah yeah i did watch that it's a little too long that movie <laughs> um so yeah, I feel like um, I don't know. So we'll see. I, I guess I, you know, I, I'm not going to keep repeating the we'll see uh, again and again. But um, yeah, so that's actually uh, the another question about whether we would do a Super League podcast. I mean, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Like, you know, they uh, they come to us, Brandon, you know, to uh, exclusively uh, create yeah. our own Super League podcast. Then I guess uh, I guess we're going to do that. I mean, there's there are some like, you know, opportunities here, but I, I just don't want to even like get into that cynical world yet because it just seems uh uh, you know, I'm just, it's just sad. And, uh, you know, I don't know, like it's, um, but what I was going to say earlier was, um, it's been such a horrible year, truly horrible, worst 12 months of my life. Right. Everything has been so bad. We've been watching fan like matches without fans in the stands. We've had to go through VAR being just completely awful all the time. 
uh, again today, right? It's just it's just you know, terrible, uh, terribly implemented. Sure is. Uh, that's just a cynical mess. And like, I just can't like bother, you know, it's like, whatever, like there's yeah. a, there's a super league. Okay, fine. Like, do I want it? No. Like, does <laughs> is it horrible? Yes. Like, what am I going to do? You know, it's like, right. I just like, what am I going to like weep over the end of my, you know, the, it's like, it stinks, but like, everything's bad right now. Like what's, what's one more thing, you know, it's just it's like, I don't know. You know, it's like, I'm just going to, like you said, everything changes. Like, let's try to, you know, sounds we'll, like you're we, feeling we, kind we, of powerless though. Is that, is that the, I mean, well, obviously you're yeah, powerless, powerless to stop powerless the in super a sense, Powerless in a sense, because it's hard for me to turn off that sports fan, uh, you know, nod right. nozzle or whatever. Yeah. I have done it. You know, I mean, I basically stopped watching the NFL because I found it to be so corporate and cynical that I really felt disgusted. I was kind of embarrassed to watch it, you know? Uh, and I still sort of feel that way to this day. I mean, the NFL is embarrassing. I really, you know, I'm just not, I know people, yeah. there are no people who are, who really love the NFL. I'm sure many of them listen to this podcast, but I, I hate it. And I feel like I'm such a product when I watch the NFL and I hate the way that it takes four hours with commercials. And, um, and so, you know, when the Premier League came along, it felt like it was sort of, a little bit like the sports that I grew up with, you know, in the late eighties and I, you know, I was born in 82. Right. So like I sort of, you know, eighties, early nineties, it was You're still, so old. I know, you know, and it was just, but it was, a, but that time it feels so different now that that era of sports feels so, so different now. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't, it was, there was always money in these games. It wasn't like these were nonprofits, you know, uh, 10 years ago or whatever. Like they've always been about making as much money as possible, but you know, you can take it too far. I mean, this is why, you know, it's, you know, a Michigan state sports fan, the big 10 just keeps, you know, annoyingly expanding, right? Like suddenly I've got to watch them play Rutgers twice a year in basketball. Like no one cares about this, right? It's so annoying. I hate it, you know? And I just, so I hate the way that the sports are just corrupting these things. And so the NFL, I, the NFL, I got out, you know, and I got into the Premier League and I thought I'd found a safe haven, but you know, VAR a couple of years ago, I thought was the first, um, the first thing that was, that was worrisome because VAR was predicated on the idea that these matches are too important. Right. They're too important to get wrong. Why else would you have it? Right. It's not really about the fans VR. It's about how much money is on the line in these matches. Right. You have to get it right when there's that much money on the line. You cannot leave it to one referee. Yeah. So that that's why we have it, you know, and I think that um, that was kind of the first thing that was that got me a little scared. And I think, um, you know, so this is just like, yeah, like this is just sort of like the inevitable, like now I know that the Premier League was the NFL and it was just 10 years behind. Right. I mean, the Premier League is like, I mean, it was sort of from the same cynical origins, right. As the, as, as this super league, it's not right. like the Premier League is this, you know, uh, beautiful unblemished product, you know, it was created, you know, with the help of Rupert Murdoch. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, this thing is just as ugly in its origins as the super league is. So that's like, yeah, that's like, it, it, it goes, it just all depends on where you're looking at it. I remember when, lockdown happened and these clubs were uh, Liverpool was like uh, public enemy number one releasing some statement of like we got to lay off some people and we were talking about how you have to accept that these these sports clubs aren't just you know teams they're not Hollywood celebrities they're actual businesses and there are jobs and there are not just jobs within these clubs that are relying on these clubs being open there are whole economies that are in the orbit of these sports leagues yep um at the same time uh you then you then you accept that it's all just part of this giant capitalist ecosystem just start thinking about 
all the instances in your day-to-day life where the pencil that you write with is probably something that you bought from Amazon or something like that. It's like it's death by a thousand cuts yep. um, every single day. So you like sometimes sports is in, in a day like today when you're talking about the Super League, it's an, it's an easy place where you can go to say, well, it's all everything's all screwed up and I'm yep. out. Well, you're not actually out and everything's yeah. not screwed up. Everything is just happening as it's been happening for yeah. the last 100 yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. And this, this this just feels like uh, it's it feels like they did it, you know, in the dead of night, you know, is the feeling. So it feels a little more like the suddenness of it is clearly what's what, you know, I mean, we all kind of. Yeah, we've all talked. It's been the boogeyman that's been threatening, you know, um, this the sport for a long time. Um, but you know, finally the, the boogeyman finally showed up, you know? And so <laughs> a great, it was a great jump scare when we all saw that tweet. It was, from it was. The Super League. Yeah, exactly. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know, let's, let's see what happens. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll know more about how we feel about it in 12 months. You know, I'll say that much. And, you know, one final question, which I thought was kind of, um, interesting, um, just because it brought up the players and uh, Paul Spillane said, uh, what players will, will be first with a statement about how they won't want to participate. And my feeling, and I, I don't, I guess I should let you answer here, but my feeling just before we, before I let you answer is that, uh, I don't think they care. I really don't think they care. I think that uh, people think that the players, um, care about, stuff like titles and maybe Steven Gerrard does, you know, and a handful of others, but I think in general super league, I mean, most of them care more about the champions league, the top players and they do the, the premier league. Right. So like, so you just, care. yeah, you look at, um, I mean, I was just watching uh, United Burnley today and the whole narrative in the first half was James Tarkowski and Tarkowski being like, I'm out of here because I want to go experiencing new things. And Tarkowski's, is thinking I could get signed by a team who plays in Europe. Now, maybe this was not a great day to be James Tarkowski. I don't know. Um, but yeah, these, the, um, I think that this is a space where you can get into trouble because what is the objection going to be? And a lot of people have been sharing Gary Neville's thoughts on the Super League and saying, good on you, Gary. And, you know, Gary is an interesting pundit. I do find him kind of annoying just at like, like, why is everything about Manchester United? I mean, I know why it is with him, but yeah, um, like move on. I, I do not need this. But he, Gary Neville, does the whole approach of this is all about England and the country. Like, how can you turn your back on the country? Like, it all has everything to do with England and it's some sort of it turn it morphs into this ugly jingoistic thing. And what is a what is what is Marcus Rashford going to do? He's going to be like, well, I can't turn my back on England. Well, then it, then where what what happens? How do all the international players who we enjoy and welcome into the Premier League, how are they meant to feel about that? Like, yeah. what are they are they turning their back on their home country? This is all it's all yeah. labor and yeah. they are yeah. doing a job. And you have to respect them. So, yeah, I hope that the players don't get dragged into this because it has nothing to do with them at all. Yeah, it has nothing to do with them. I don't know how they feel about it. I'm sure that they feel as confused as as we are. I, I highly doubt that this was uh, uh, broached and their opinions were asked. You know, I'm sure they found out today just like all of us did. 
Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure that most of them care that much. I mean, you know, I mean, they are, there's so many cups and competitions and, you know, and then, I mean, you know, you sort of opened the door to it. I mean, like maybe, you know, 30 years ago, um, there would have, there could have been a player movement or something like that. But once you completely internationalize the premier league, you know, I mean, some of these clubs like Chelsea, like how many English players play on Chelsea, right? Like. Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, like there's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a handful and I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm not really, my brain's not there right now, but like, sure. you know, it's a, a lot of these clubs are very, very, very international already. None mm-hmm. of these players are, are, I think going to really care that much. Yeah. It's the, you know, it's, it's really, but it's, you know, it's really the supporters. I mean, you know, it's just yes. like, it's to, to have the, you know, a hundred and a hundred years of history. Yeah. You know, the, the Premier League did break away, but they ultimately kind of didn't. Right. I mean, they broke away and they made more money and they negotiated their own TV deal and stuff like that. But they effectively just became the first division, you know, it didn't really change that much. Yeah. They like brought, that. they brought these clubs to a larger audience and I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful for that. And I am it's constantly we benefited like, from it as, as fans. Yeah. Totally. And I, I feel like that is a huge win for them and that we meet supporters of these clubs all the time and, and they welcome our, our support as international viewers. And, and that's amazing. So yeah, it's, it's the supporters who really have to stake a claim in their territory. The players have every right to be transient and um, to follow the opportunities. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that, that was the last question. And, um, you know, I feel like in some ways it didn't seem like I was angry enough. I mean, I, I, you know, I feel like I, I am very angry. I was very angry this morning, but there was something about, I got really mad at VAR this morning in the Arsenal match. And then this happened and it was like the two angers like canceled each other out. You know, it's like you reach a point with sports anger. We're like, okay, like, come on, you know, like (laughs) get real, you know, like your life does not. I watch a lot of sports, but I have a lot of other interests. I mean, you and I hung out for eight hours uh, on Friday night, and sure. I, I don't think we talked about sports once. Once the uh, once the match we were watching was over, right? The match finished. The whiskey entered our bloodstream, and it was just all <laughs> Grateful Dead vinyl from that point That's forward. Right. That's right. Not a sport. Yeah, not, not a uh, not a sport was was discussed. I really don't think we did right. And so you know, it's like it, clearly there are other things in life. Let's yeah. not get too. You know, you're like the you know. Even if you love Arsenal, even if you are a you know lifelong Arsenal supporter, even if you're a ticket holder, even if your father was and his father was, I mean, you have every right to be very, very upset today. But but your club is not. You know, don't let it like become a personality. Like your club should not be your personality. Like your personality should not be that you are a supporter, right? It's you know, because that is that is where you get into trouble with this stuff because it's you know it's there. These are these are corporate. They're, they're like, and you said this before, but like, they're just, they're, they're corporations and they don't care about you. And you have to understand that they only care about you in aggregate, you know, and as a, as a support, like, you know, they only care about uh, sheer numbers, you know, and they're, they're willing to, to, to let all of you go in order to get a larger audience over here. You know, they yeah. do not care about any longtime supporters, any season ticket holders. You are all yeah. irrelevant to them. They know they can replace you yeah. and you have to understand that. And, and, and if you understand that and accept it, then you can still enjoy the sports because these, like, again, it comes back to the players. The players don't, they don't pay, they're not paying attention to any of this stuff. Right. I mean, they're just, they go out there and like, they're just, they are brilliant and they're, they play, you know, and like, yeah. and, and so we're going to see some brilliant football 
in the Premier League, in yeah. in the Super League, and and that will still be enjoyable. And all of the corporate stuff is just stuff that you have to just find a way to kind of put in a box, you know, and not let it totally, you know, ruin the enjoyment of the sport. Without a doubt, you just reminded me of Charlie Adam and the uh, and Blackpool and the story of Blackpool. And if you want to think about how bad it could possibly be. If you're an Arsenal supporter today, just think about being a Blackpool supporter. Like you're, to watch your club disintegrate for no other reason than just like sheer incompetence, yeah. um, or whatever. Bristol like Bristol City was that the other one that um, um, completely fell apart? I may, forget. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't remember. It was some. There, there have there have been there have been many that have have met this fate, and yeah. at least the clubs moving to the Super League. Um, it's perhaps the complete opposite of that. Yeah. Um, but your club, the story is not yet fully written for your club. So um, that, that, that is hopeful. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we will have a Thursday pod, assuming that there are still Premier League matches. And we'll talk more about double game weeks and, and whether you should drop Bruno. I mean, I don't know what to do in that situation. They play Leeds, so I guess I'm going to keep them. But uh, we'll talk more um, on the Patreon pod. You can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to support the podcast. Brandon, I'll mix it up. I'll read off the uh, producers today. Go for it, buddy. Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell. By the way, our, our good friend Trevor finally got his uh, his vaccination. Brandon, well so done, Trevor. Exciting. Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the big gaffer, Babas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Son Will just got into Michigan State, Brandon, our alma mater. So Go right through for MSU, Will. That's right. Um, ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Benning, Dave Whitener-Lodell, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Farbrook-Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya Karstine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markoff, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Karen Sweeten, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Yuang, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Styles, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Majoria, Ram Frosk, and AJ, our newest producer. Thank you to everyone for supporting the podcast. And don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to Always Cheating wherever fine podcasts are found. Follow us wherever fine social media is found. Email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And for all this information and more, visit our website, alwayscheating.com. Big props to Brian Chin, who has been ordering T-shirts from the Always Cheating shop for members of his mini league. I don't know if that means people in Brian's mini league have done well or done poorly, but I hope that's way. not a surprise, by the way. Oh, yeah. Maybe you should reveal. You might have to cut that from the pod. Oh, no. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Uh, but yeah, vis- visit visit the Always Cheating shop at alwayscheating.com for great mini league prizes. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, let's, let's get back to some normalcy, hopefully, on Thursday. Brandon, no matter what happens, poker forever. Hoku forever.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.